Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Amar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. And if you like it, leave your boy a review because you don't realize how much that helps this podcast grow organically. Now, today, the expert series. I have an amazing friend, an amazing coach, an amazing mentor from living out of his car to earning $10,000 a month. Luke is a badass confidence coach who inserts his energy, marketing, and sales experience to guide coaches into having a thriving coaching business. Luke also blends his knowledge and mindset, offers building and back-end systems to elevate coaches in their journey. With that being said, my friend, my brother, my G, Luke Anning, welcome to the Leaders Life Podcast, my brother. Oh, dude, you're such a stud. Like, I'm seeing you in your element is such a vibe. What's up, guys? I just want to say I really appreciate all of you taking the time to come on this podcast, give us your energy, because I'll definitely be here to give it back. So, yeah, I appreciate it, Amar. No, man, I appreciate you. I know you have a lot going on. Luke lives out in the UK, so we have a time difference here. So I appreciate your flexibility to making this work, brother. Now, Luke, we're just going to jump right into it. I said right off the bat, you lived out of your car and now you're making $10,000 a month, right? Let's just jump into that. You were at, I'm going to call it rock bottom. I mean, living out of your car right there, you're at a low. What drove Luke to get in? motivated and being able to make $10,000 a month, because I'll be honest, I've seen and I know people who've lived in that situation where they lived out of their car. And instead of them being motivated by their, I'm going to say just their circumstances, they just dwelled on it and were not able to move forward and then just went down a downward spiral. So how are you able to elevate yourself from when you were at rock bottom, Luke? Yeah, I appreciate the question. I think I've been at rock bottom a few times, but how I ended up at the car, the car situation was I'd come out of a relationship on the day that we'd broken up. I'd gotten a fitness coach because it was like I'd never had a goal for myself before. I was kind of anxious, depressed. So I, I committed to a fitness goal. And within three weeks of that, I'd quit my construction job to work in a music event sales and marketing company. And uh, well, it was an internship, so it really didn't bring enough finances in to sustain me. So I was also bat surveying because, you know, you know, I went to uni and I got a degree that I didn't think I was going to use, but it turns out I did. So I, I was bat surveying under my wildlife conservation degree. And then so with the bat surveys, you drive like hundreds of miles each night to do a bat survey in the middle of the right, like right at sunset or right at sunrise so a lot of the time there wouldn't be time to go to a hotel well like the company weren't going to put you up in a hotel and i would work all day i would probably go to the gym because of bodybuilding at the time and then eat and then go to whatever site i was going to go to and if it was a sun if it was a sunrise one i would just sleep near the time and then if it was a sunset one i would sleep at the at the site and then and then drive back just because i was so I was so tired. So off the back of that, when I lost my job to COVID and the bat surveying season finished, I was, I had about a month and I started going back into old circles and I was staying on my friend's floor 
at some points as well. So it wasn't just all car. So it was staying on my friend's floor, staying in my car. And then I figured I always wanted to work in music events because I was like, well, I really want to change somebody's life for one night. That was my intention. That was how music events meant for me. They were my escape. So I always wanted to do that. And then it just, well, it came to me through a, a night terror. And then I had an existential crisis the next day, which is basically one of those really intense experiences where you're like, who am I? What's my purpose on this earth? Like, what's the point of even being here? Like really hardcore questions. And I was like, well, I, why don't I, rather than change somebody's life for one night, why don't I change somebody's entire life? And I started fitness and mindset coaching. And then within four, within four months of that, of not really knowing how to business, I knew how to market. I didn't really know how to sell. I can't, we crossed paths, entered into the same mentorship program that you're a head coach in and did really well from the get-go and $9,500 in my first 30 days. Just missed out on that trophy. <laughs> just missed out on that I was like, damn. <laughs> and, then, and then onwards from there, like very, very driven. I think I've always been like a really hard worker. So it's actually a challenge for me now to, to pull things back. And it's interesting, the less I work, the more I earn. But mm -hmm. interestingly enough, like I think that's why I was so successful and got to $10,000 so quickly because I was just driven. Like I was there all day, every day because reminiscing in the back of my head was like, you could be back in your car. Like you could be back there. So I think knowing that I came through that, it's always given me the drive to move forwards. Well, yeah, man, that's powerful because as I stated, I mean, with you being able to not only live out of your car, but also try to function out of your car and being able to go on with your day to day as being, you know, working yeah. in as a, a fitness coach or fitness trainer. I know yeah. that that definitely was uh was an experience because how think about it that way. Like I can't even imagine just sleeping out of my car, just waking up and be like, all right, gotta go train a train a customer like it was like oh go go like what's this, what's the story like yeah it was like gotta go train a customer also gonna go train like a maniac like this was the hardest i was ever training as well like these were like very very intense sessions so you know i'd be i'd be half having my food in the car half having my food in my friend's house and yeah i just made it we made it made it work and then we'd be traveling all around the company country when the events were actually running and then you know we would run an event until 11 12 p.m and then everybody would go back and go to sleep i would get up two hours earlier than everyone i would walk like i remember being in sheffield which was like part of the country part of the uk and i i walked like an hour and a half to a gym because that was the closest good one trained for two hours then walked back and then when we then we would drive to london to run the next event and then we would run the event and then I would go and train again. So like, I'm, I've always got this, I think this is why I've got such like a high energy. <laughs> like I'm just used to running on fumes. So like, if you give me enough energy, like I'm go, I'm full send. Oh my God. I love that. I was just talking to, you know, a member that we know from part of the coaching, from the coaching program that you're part of. And uh -huh. she said something that I thought was, was, was powerful. I'll use that word again. She was, on cruise control. She used the word cruise control because she had a second source of income, right? Mm -hmm. And then that second source of income, all of a sudden was threatened and her right. back was against the wall. Right. And then within, within six days, less than one week, 
she made $18,000. That's so badass. And I had that call with her and I said, what was the difference? What's the, <laughs> what was the difference? And she goes, I finally was motivated. I finally oh, had man. drive. I felt for the first time that my back was against the wall. And yeah. from there, I was able to, to unleash my potential. When did yeah. Luke realize that he had this potential that was there to serve people, coaches, whoever it is that you've impacted? When, when was that a realization? Like, holy shit, this is what I'm here for. Like, this is what the universe yeah. brought me here. Yeah. You, you know, what? it's almost so challenging to answer this question because I've had so many breakthroughs. Like the first month that I decided to business coach, so transitioning from B2C to B2B, where like things rapidly changed, you start entering a market which is pretty competitive, to say the least. Like if you're a coach listening to this, you would have been hammered with some cold DMs likely today. I guarantee it. So oh, yeah. if you're a customer though, like you might not have that or like you're not as consciously aware of that. So you're able to get away with maybe cold DM strategies. I mean, arguably here, but the first month that I stepped into business coaching, I contracted 36K, which was huge, 18 fulfilled. So I think that's something really good to recognize in the industry as well as the like just because somebody contracts something doesn't mean that they necessarily step forward with it and that was just because I decided to do some wild payment plans just to help people out when really I should have just brought them on a lower ticket offer but that's okay I helped them out for you live in their your time life, they're transforming their life still which is exactly what I love to see but that was kind of one moment but I think the so the was it the day after the second day of the program that I was signed up with you? Like, so I knew how to get people onto calls from event, from the event marketing. And just because I I had some previous experience with, with messaging hundreds of people, basically I had a sales interview for another event company after I'd lost my job. And they said like, okay, we want you to get a hundred referrals. So I messaged every single person on my Facebook and my Instagram within about a week asking if they'd sign up for this referral thing. So I got like 600. So they oh, gave me wow. That's amazing. But I think the day after I stepped up my pricing and was like, hey, like this is going to be what I charge as a fitness coach and signing that first high ticket. I mean, if you're looking at like the comparative of the industry, you wouldn't have called it high ticket, but to go from at the time I was charging 80 pounds per month to 300 pounds per month, which dollar wise, you're looking at 120 to, to like $380 a month and a commitment of four months and not just doing monthly. That was like, <laughs> that was the like run around the house moment. Like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> but, pop open, pop open the champagne and just start. Yeah. Well, yeah. So well <laughs> celebrate and get straight back to it. Or, or the Budweiser. I mean, with the budget. Budweiser. You know, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah, the Somerset cider because we're big on cider. And- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I suppose those are two break two breakthrough moments. But to be honest, like nearly every time I I sign a client, I get that that same sense of fulfillment and same sense of like not oh like I can finally do this, but that fulfillment of being like 
yes, I'm going to change somebody else's life now. And this is going to be incredible. And then the same when like my clients have their wins as well. And not just, not just the financial ones, seeing them, seeing them actually like construct. Because you know the same thing as well. This is why so many people enter into the program that I came on board. People have all these amazing coaching skills, amazing experience, but they don't actually know how to put that into like a sellable offer where it's like mm-hmm. hey this is what i do bang 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 and make it sound really sexy so when somebody constructs their offer with me like seeing them be like yes like, i'm so fired up to put this out there um because they know it's going to help somebody that those are kind of the moments as well yeah dude I, yeah that was great 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 response because i think the hardest part for most people in a situation that you were in that you were able to not only recover because that word is that, that word can be whatever but mm. recover but you were not you were able to actually excel mm. and for me i think that's the one of the hardest things i see in coaching all the time which gets me to the next question is i have clients and i mean customers you know with rob Allen dean i got a lot i got i've coached almost a thousand coaches i guess at this point mm. and i've had people come up to me and this is something that I know that you've talked openly about this. This is why I'm comfortable. I want to bring this up. I've had many coaches recently, the past year say, this has given me anxiety. This is, I'm about to have a panic attack. Right. This is very stressful. Now, Luke, you have, if there's one thing people, I want every, all the listeners to know is that Luke has been, Luke has been very open with, you know, working on his mental health as we all should, because it's not frowned upon. It is not frowned upon. And, and I respect that. And I love that about you. So what is your advice to the, the listeners over here who always panic over, always overreact, always overthink, and then causes them to have that anxiety or that anxiety attack, that feeling, that stress, that tightness in their chest that I've experienced myself. And Mm -hmm. I want to know who's somebody who is working so hard on their anxiety each and every day, like yourself, how were you able, able to overcome this loop? Because I've had personal phone calls with you where you've reached out to me in those situations, which I you know, respect you. Oh, yeah, there were some times, more. bro. <laughs> oh, there are some times. <laughs> but, but you have been obviously doing amazing with this. What tips can you give to the listener right now? Who is that overthinker, that anxious person, that person who always thinks the worst, their anxiety is just off the roof and they cannot even function because their mind is just their worst enemy. Mm. Yeah, so many different answers to this. But I think the first thing that I want to say is just release the pressure and expectation of yourself. Like genuinely, like I put so much pressure on top of myself, especially when the coaching wasn't going the way that I wanted to. And it serves you nothing. Like you can work the same amount of hours, but if you're working and putting like extreme pressure on yourself and holding all these expectations on yourself, a 14 hour day, a 16 hour day, whatever you do, if you are going to grind out that many hours, like I know, cause I did like 18 weeks of it. I remember <laughs> like <laughs> if you are going to do that, like a 14 hour day under pressure and expecting yourself to achieve absolutely everything on your list, everything that you feel like you should do is very unsuccessful compared to, I'm just going to go all in today 
and whatever comes forward comes forward so there's so many different ways that you can go down the anxiety route of overcoming what you're going through but the first thing that i want you to do is genuinely like slow the fuck down and i know this might be challenging because you're like well i want to go and i've got so many things to do but if you've got so many things to do and you're just worrying about all the things that you've got to do you might not even be prioritizing the right thing like take it for a fact like i spent three days designing a fucking logo when i started (laughs) when i started coaching and i was like why am I doing this? But these are the silly things that you don't consider when you're not making good decisions because you're putting so much pressure and expectation on yourself to complete everything because you're thinking in a scarcity space. So you're thinking in a space of like, oh, what if this happens? Or like, what if this happens? Well, I'm just going to have to go, 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 go. Or you might be on the opposite side where you get paralysis by analysis and you do fuck all and you do nothing. And that can be like even more demoralizing because then you start feeling guilty for taking the time off and then that builds up that builds up and you have an anxiety attack you have a panic attack whatever that looks like but i think slowing down first like genuinely like write out all everything on your mind on on some paper everything like genuinely everything it could be tasks it could be little nags it could be little ideas it could be something to do with your kids it could be something to do with your work whatever that is just get it all out and once you have got it all out And you need to take four deep breaths. So the four deep breaths is going to be your box breathing. So really simple. We're going to go in for four. We'll do it while we're here. We go in. Yeah, please. One, two, three, four. And then you're going to hold for four. And then I... Four seconds. And then you're going to be out on the backside of that for four seconds as well. Like I already feel karma right now, but you, you can do that four times. And there's another way that you can do this as well, which is really simple. It's just tilt your head back and look at the sky. Like genuinely look at the sky, look at your eyeballs. It's going to go right to the top. I can't give you the ins and outs because I'm not an anxiety specialist, but I got it off of Professor Andrew. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate you sharing that because the thing that, as I said, I've been hearing more now more within the past six months that I've heard in a long time is just how the anxiety and the pressure is uh, holding coaches back, holding yeah. people back just from living their dreams, Luke. Right. They are stressing because their dreams, their vision is in hand's reach mm. and they somehow find a way, and I'll say it, to self-sabotage. Yeah. What do yeah. you? Yeah. So what is your thoughts on why i think you've said it yourself we've had conversations we've talked openly where you've caught yourself not self-sabotaging purposely but you've self-sabotaged why yeah. do why is that the go-to when you're so close so you're so close to your goal yeah you have to realize with the self-sabotage side of things that's your in a way i like to look at it as comfort zone because that's what it is it's your comfort zone trying to rein you back in because you've stepped outside of it and realize the difference between the people that win and the people that lose the people who are successful the people that fail like you're all having the same fear is you're all having the same thoughts when you step outside of your comfort zone of like oh i'm not enough i don't know if i can do this i don't know if like you're you're all having the same the difference is the people who win are the people who carry on stepping outside of it and carry on growing and they notice when they self-sabotage and they take the time to do the work. If you don't take the time to do the work, 
then you'll carry on falling back down to that self-sabotage and you'll stay where you've always been. So something that we got taught by Rob Dial mm -hmm. that I think is really helpful is imagine yourself, your, your mindset or your, your current stage of development, if we're not even talking about mindset, is at level to level 70. If your highest self or your dreams is at 72 or that next step up or that next financial mark is 72, you're going to start saying, okay, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. And you start doing all these 72 behaviors. What you've got to remember is you have all your old patterns that you've been programmed your entire life. So you can be knocked back down to that 68. Something that I tell my clients is your 68 behavior. And that can look like the self-sabotage. That can look like, oh, you know what? I just don't feel like it today. Well, guess what? The business doesn't give a fuck if you feel like it or not. So you've got to do it anyway. Like if you set yourself up to do something, take action with it. If you are genuinely beaten up, feeling bad, like broken, like, and you need genuine rest, then cool, take some rest. But like, I felt a little bit ill earlier today. And I was like, well, I've already deadlined myself for Saturday to action on something. And this is just so that I'm more productive because yeah. I don't want to be doing my new course build into next week. That's when, you know, I'm connecting with people. So I've deadlined myself for Saturday. I was feeling shit this morning. And I was like, whether I feel shit or not, it makes no difference to me producing the result that I want to create. Now, if I stayed in bed and I watched Netflix, that's a self-sabotaging behavior right there. That's a 68 behavior that we just talked about. And that's my old version of me. That's what I used to do for everything. Your self-sabotaging behavior will be things that you've done in the past to cope with the stress of you not actioning in the way that you know you can in terms of stepping forward into your fullest potential. So like my old version of me was like this was university days. I didn't like university. I didn't want to be there, but I was anxious about leaving. So I smoked weed and watched Netflix all day. <laughs> that's, that's all I did. That's so life now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up the boys. Boy, but, yeah. but that's what I did. So that's one of my key patterns of self-sabotage. So I know if I if I lean into watching TV or if I lean into watching content that doesn't serve me then it pulls me back. And I still get that, like, you get those like self-sabotaging old thoughts that it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But when you do listen to yourself and you do learn something, it moves you forward. Take this for an example. So I went through a challenge. I did an energy expansion challenge a while back. I think I did it. Christy did it. Drew did it. Some of the people within my little community. Shout out, and, Christy and Drew. Yeah. And one of the things in there was no music in the gym. So you could either go no music or you could listen to a podcast. See, if you listen to a podcast, a lot of people think they're being productive when they're listening to a podcast. They're probably listening to this now being like, oh shit, big all day. <laughs> <laughs> but they think they're being productive because they're learning something. But actually you could be listening to the podcast whilst you're at the gym. So I li I've listened to this podcast while I'm at the gym, but my ego, my past self, my subconscious, my 68 behavior wants me to listen to hardcore screamo death metal where it's like i want to kill myself like it's like it's going like it's real intense stuff which is great when you want to train like a Metallica maniac on there i get yeah you. yeah yeah like like slipknot and stuff it's great when you want to train like a maniac but at the same time i can train like a maniac and listen to content that's going to genuinely move me forwards and there was a quote 
I don't know if he coined it, but it was from a course that I learned from, from Marcus Chan. And he was saying the person that you become 10 years from now is dependent on the knowledge you consume, the content that you watch and the books that you read. So I can either make that conscious decision to listen to those nagging thoughts of, hey, watch Netflix or, hey, listen to death metal, or I can watch a podcast or I can scratch that itch of me wanting to watch TV. And instead of watching some shit, I can watch something on like Elon Musk, which I find really inspiring. So you can still scratch the itch of you wanting to watch TV or, or, or do certain things that are on these lower levels of behavior. I learned this actually from one of Rob's team members, Eddie Las Cuevas, and he's, he's such a stud, like such a guy. And he was saying he was, he scratched the itch of him playing gaming, but I think he, I think, I think he was telling me either plane simulators or drone simulators. That was how he was like scratching the itch of video games. And like, if you know, Eddie, the guy consumes so much knowledge. Listen, Eddie is the guy that I would say, hey, what's going on right now with like the world? And then he Anything. would say, have you read the chapter on the world is going down? It's a 7,433 page yeah, book. He's read it's it. amazing. He probably <laughs> read it in a week. <laughs> exactly. Love you, Eddie. Just a shout out to our boy, Eddie. He's such a guy. No, yeah, but, but that's a, yeah, that's a powerful quote that, uh, I mean, that's what Eddie said. Like, that's like, I can definitely resonate with that. Yeah. And it's true. It's true as well. Like I've got a book here. So this is, this is going to be such a random bit of knowledge, but <laughs> when I was eight years old, I performed in front of a thousand people every night for like five days in a row as Oliver Twist. And I got given this book when I was eight years old, Oliver Twist. And I picked it up the other day because I found it in a cupboard. And well, a couple of days ago, I mean, it was like, it was a couple of months ago and I start reading it. And like, if you've never read this book, it's intense. You're talking about like a child going through poverty, going through this, going through that. And I was reading it and I was like, I'm getting depressed reading this book because I'm such an emotive person. I'm resonating with this poor child going through so many things. I had to stop reading the book. And, and this is what people don't realize. Like you are consuming content and bullshit <laughs> every single day that is making you depressed. I called out one of my clients the other day on this. Like she was, she, bless her soul, and I'm just redirecting her, but like, I won't allow my clients to do this. I won't allow them to send themselves down into a realm of their past because that's what I'm there for. That's what they pay that's me for. what a good coach does. Absolutely. And she shared a bit of like depressive content. And it was this guy saying like, depression is when you're, fearing failure but you don't have the motivation to go forward and rather than like reshare it and share it as like something that was like inspiring and saying like hey i've been here if you're here i can support you she said it's it's hard when you're going through things like this or so it was something along those lines i was like hey like i love this share but like can we can we reshape how you've said that because you're either man like every single word you type, every single word that you think, every single word that you speak is a manifestation of your reality. So if you're listening to bullshit, if you're listening to very depressive content, you're reading depressive things. If you're investing all your time in the news and the political bullshit that's going on in the world, then guess what? Guess what? You're going to be anxious and you're going to be depressed. Like that's, that's just how that is. And there's so much scientific research that backs that up. That's not just me 
preaching, but it's so important that if you want to step forward, you have to absorb the content that's going to support you to do so. And you have to step away from every self-sabotaging behavior that you can. I, I just want to throw in a little helpful tool that you can do this. So I've got like an anxious biting thing on my cheek to do with ADHD overstimulation and understimulation. That was like one of my videos that blew up on TikTok. Very blessed. I don't, I was just resharing it because it was something that my therapist I remember. Told me. Yeah, I remember you. And it went from like all your regular posts were just normal and that one just like 500 views. About, yeah. So yeah, tell us about that. So it was like a million and a half views now, which is amazing. And really, I just had a conversation with my therapist about um, how much biting I was doing on my cheeks. And she said, the reason why we do it is because in some manners of ways, it's, it's like so ancient, it's so tribal, that when we're biting or when we're chewing, we're doing it because we feel safe. So you actually chew your cheeks as a method to self-soothe, to make yourself feel safe. So if you're biting, then in some kind of ways, your brain feels unsafe. Now you might not be in an unsafe situation, but you may not just be focused on the task. So for me with ADHD, like if I'm reading a book and I start thinking about a different event, if I start thinking about how Amar's podcast is gonna change my life, I'll start biting my cheek because I'm overstimulating my brain and my brain feels unsafe. Or if I start reading a book and I'm totally not focused and I'm just spaced out, like a brain fog kind of way, then I'll yeah. do it as well. But then I'll also do it when I'm just stressed. So I, this is really great for you to understand your self-sabotaging behaviors. When you do go to, hey, like, I don't know if you drink or anything, whatever that is. If you do, when you do go to drink, when you do go to have casual sex, like that was one of my other self-sabotaging behaviors. When you do go to have watch Netflix, when you do go to smoke weed, when you do go to all these things that are pulling away and distracting your attention, just write out what's going on and write out what feeling you're experiencing right now. Because I guarantee in some kind of way that you're trying to avoid a certain way of feeling. And if you can understand that and you start bringing awareness, like awareness is your first point of self-growth. So if you can get aware, then you're going to be able to change it. So I just wanted to add that in because I thought it might be helpful. Oh man, that, that was so helpful because it's, I was, I mean, self-sabotage. I agree with you. I'm doing a lot of research and I'm trying to, I'm writing out an episode about self-sabotage because what's scary is that people are starting to numb more than they've ever numbed before over 300% increase in addiction. Wow. 300 in the United States, mm. 300% has increased in mainly drinking, make alcohol. And I'll check the farmers. Don't quote me on the farmers with the pills, but I know like with, I think is it fentanyl? Fentanyl is the one. Fentanyl is big, isn't it? The yeah. Moment. Like whoever. Yeah. But where I'm getting at is that people are numbing more than they've ever mm. numbed before. And I I was talking to somebody in Rob Dahl's program and they, this was recently and they were very open. They were very, very open and said, I don't want to feel Mm. because I don't want to face my reality. My life sucks right now. I'm going through a divorce. I have to explain this to my children. Mm. I am dealing with a narcissistic 
a family and friends on top of it. It was just, you know, but I don't want to face this because I will break. It's going to kill me. What advice? Because Luke, as I said, everybody always wants to hear about everybody's success, right? Mm. I mean, everybody wants to like, oh, they're there, they're there. But people don't realize they go through like some struggles. So now I know you're not an addiction coach. I know you're not anything like that, but I know you've worked with many people mm. with that. What is your advice to that addict who's just numbing? They don't want to feel. They don't want to experience what, what they have in front of them. So they numb, they drink early. They hide that they're drinking. They're hiding pills everywhere. They're taking fentanyl, ordering online because their doctor won't prescribe them. And they're doing things that are eventually going to kill them because right. they don't want to feel. It drives me fucking crazy. I'm so passionate about this topic. Yeah. So I so to ask you, what is your advice to that? Just knowing that you are an expert in this field and you've helped a lot of people. Yeah. So what I will say is like, yeah, like, like you said, like I'm not a specialist with this, but I can definitely speak to it. I can, I'll just give a bit of background. So you're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> but when I went through that university stage, I was taking ecstasy twice a week. I was taking ketamine every week for a period of about 15 weeks. Cause I didn't want to feel the feelings of not wanting to be at the university and then I was suicidal as well but anyhow pulling away from that what you've got to remember is that your actions are driven by a feeling and those feelings are driven by a thought so those thoughts have been manifesting from what you've been speaking so like Amar just said like I don't want to face this if I face this it will break me like you're saying these strong, strong statements and your brain will do anything to keep you safe. Even if by outsider's perspective, doing the drugs and everything else is totally illogical to you. It makes perfect sense because you've cemented within your brain and manifested within your brain that that's the safe way because dealing with these emotions, despite them being temporary, is the only logical way for you to feel is the only way for you to feel safe is by taking the drugs, which sounds fucked, but I can understand you, my friend, because I've been there, but you've got to slow down. You've got to slow down. And what's a really important step to do this. And we were talking about the thoughts thing earlier is rather than focusing on the situation and everything that is happening, you can still slightly avoid it, but in terms of how would you want to feel about the situation? How would you like to be within regards to everything going on? Like out of choice, what would you like? Because you're probably thinking, oh, well, I'd rather be drugged up and avoid feeling these negative feelings. But rather than the negative feelings, like, do you want to feel like a sense of calm? Do you want to feel a sense of peace? Do you want to feel a sense of like, this is happening because it's meant to happen? And if those are the feelings that you would like to seek, what are the thoughts that would align with that? Is it like, okay, this is going to be temporary. This is hard right now, but I know I'm going to get through this. And start aligning these thoughts. And then when you get hold of these thoughts that are supporting you, hammer them into yourself. 
like genuinely like drum the shit out of them into you. One of the most powerful things that I, I was taught and I picked this up of one of the hormoses was don't just do like a little simple, like thought reframe of like, Oh, is this thought 100% true? If not, it's bullshit. What's the opposite? Like that opposite of, I can't face this is I can face this. Okay. So now that I've got this, I can face this. I want to cement this. Like imagine you're in court, you've got somebody who's got one piece of evidence for all of this negative feeling and you've got one person with the positive thought. Now you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but the judge might feel more into the negative person because they've had more experience of being there and you've only just had this new present idea come up. However, if you have the positive thought and then you back it up with 10, 15, 20 reasons as to why that is the true belief, why you can face this, why you can get through this, why you are so capable of moving past this drug situation that is going to really cement in your mind, that's going to really manifest a true new reality of who you seek to be. Like, ah, oh, I can't tell, I can't tell me my kids this. Well, what the fuck else do you expect them to think? Like, I've got to call this out. Like, what do you expect them to think? Like, they're figuring it out. Kids are not dumb. Like, you know how smart you are because you would have walked in on your parents or some shit at two years old having sex and you would have figured that out by now that that was sex. So don't think that that kid doesn't know because they fucking do. So it's up to you as a responsibility to do the inner work, to reframe yourself. I'm talking to you like this because this was the voice that I needed that changed my life. When I was going through the depression and when I was going through everything that went through, I didn't change because nobody asked me these questions. Nobody told me told me these things because I was like, I can't go to my parents with this. I can't talk to my friends about this. I can't go to anyone about this because if they do, they'll judge me and I won't have anybody. But you have to realize like, do you want to carry on going like in this direction with the drugs for the rest of your life? No. Do you want to carry on dealing with the shit that's going on in your life right now? Probably not either, but recognize one of those situations is temporary. One of them could be a long-term fix and you're stuck there and it's a harder route out of. Whereas if you're looking at the, the thought reframing of just saying like, hey, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to try this once. And I'm not saying it's going to be done once because it won't. But if you can stick to a point of saying like, hey, I'm just going to I'm just going to walk myself through and I'm going to be gentle with myself. Like imagine myself learning to walk. I'm going to take my baby steps right now with this. I'm going to just redial in each thought. I'm going to redial in everything that I can then do so. And I just want to say as well, like, thank you for being so brave and speaking to Amar about this. Cause there's so many people that won't speak to people about this. And I think that's a really important point that if you don't speak, then you'll always hold the shame around it. So I just want to say you're brave for doing this. Now it's time for you to be brave and step into this next version of you. Like imagine how amazing this story would be as well. You coming through this divorce and coming through this time when like you couldn't talk to other people and you couldn't talk to your kids about it and you did get through it. And then think about all the other amazing people that you could transform by telling that exact same story about how you overcame it. Because that's your fucking purpose on this world. It's not to go down the route of avoidance. It's to use your story as something of power and purpose to step 
everybody else in your life that may come in who've been through a similar scenario forward wow luke first off i as he was talking i had goosebumps number one thank you so much for sharing that powerful powerful story and sharing your dealings with addiction because i didn't know that to be honest so thank you for sharing that over here secondly your passion holy shit like i haven't seen that fucking passion that made me feel good. And then you said something that I want everybody to listen who has kids because I have four of my own. And you said something that resonated with me and I felt it because at two, at three, at four, I have two eight-year-old twins, five-year-old and a three-year-old. And I can tell you right now that in the past, when my wife and I would get into an argument, they knew. Mm -hmm. If we were whispering or we were not on the same page, they know. If There was a disagreement. They know because we don't, it doesn't just be, it's energy, energy. They feel that tense energy in the room Mm -hmm. when Shannon, my wife and I are not on the same page or we're having a disagreement like most couples do. But Mm -hmm. the difference right there is that, as you said, our kids are not stupid. We explain, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're learning. Hey, mom and dad are just, you know, just having a conversation. We're just having a conversation, nothing to worry. It's like, you're now devaluing that kid's information. Now the kid's going to think that they're dumb. Exactly. You, like, like I'll, I can speak to this because I've been in that same situation. You're trying to protect your kids by saying, oh, like things aren't going on. But now your kid's going to think that they're not intelligent because they're questioning their own beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, like you're literally fucking with them more. Like you're fucking with them more by lying to them. Jordan Peterson, like clinical psychologist and professor at the University of Toronto for psychology, one of his rules in 12 rules for life is do not lie. Do not lie. Because you have to back up that lie with more and more and more and more and more lies. And it doesn't do your emotional mental health for the person on that receiving end on that lie front, like simple, simple front. Like I've been on the backside of this let's say somebody cheats on you and they lie to you. Both cheating scenarios are bad, right? When I lay these out, both of them aren't ideal. They have reasons, the subconscious, we don't need to go into that. But if somebody cheats on somebody and they tell them that same day, hey, I'm so sorry, like this happened. I want to be open and honest with you. Okay, it's still not ideal, but they've told them. But if you've got the other flip side of the coin, where somebody cheats and they hold that in for their entire life, you've now just developed a toxic relationship because the person can't work out why you're acting differently and you don't know why you're acting differently, but it's because you've broken that internal bond of trust and the other person can feel that something's wrong, but you're lying about it and you have to continue to lie. So think about it the same for your kids. Like you are breaking your kids' trust because you have decided to lie. Dude, I love that because (laughs) this is good because I'm going to own up to my shit right here. And this is very, very powerful. So I was doing what you just said you shouldn't do. I was the one that was like, everything is okay. Everything is all good. Where my wife, Shannon, was actually taking the bigger route of like, no, hey, sometimes mommy and daddies do get into arguments, but we Mm -hmm. spoke about it and now we're doing better in the situation. So she is validating that, hey, something's not going on. So there is that feeling that you you kids are feeling is legit. Where Amar, and as I said, I'm owning up to it, would be like, they're not that smart. They don't realize it in the past. And then realizing it 
holy, holy shit, they are smart enough. So yeah, Luke, thank you. Thank you so much for that, man. And as we wrap this up, you know, first off, I thank you so much for taking time once again out of your busy day, because I can tell you right now, this podcast is going to be huge with everything that you shared with your passion, with everything that you brought up from the start from, you know, in your... (laughs) living out of your car to right now talking about addiction. And here you are a successful badass coach that coaches individuals and coaches to get to that 10 plus figure, you know, level. But Luke, how I know you have an amazing podcast that I was just on. So I want you to plug and promote your podcast. We'll have it all in the show notes, plug what challenges and stuff that you got going on in, in your world and also how they can connect with Luke Anning, my G, my brother. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Quick note. When is this coming out? Because I, I don't want to plug something and it's like been and gone. Uh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it comes out in a couple of weeks. So I'll get to the date after in a few weeks, though, probably three weeks. Okay, cool. So yeah, if you want to reach out to me, Instagram, I am Luke Anning. Simple. I am L-U-K-E-A-N-N-I-N-G. I've got a podcast. I found out yesterday that it's top 2%. Yes, so- I was just going to add that when you said it, by the way. I was going to say uh, that Luke, uh, Luke's podcast is top two percent in the world let everybody know what it's called <laughs> it's called the happy positive energy game happy it's really a about... positive energy game happy yeah. positive energy game all top 2% yeah it's so it's it's kind of i wouldn't say the same as a mars but it's definitely about entrepreneurship getting through life uh, being inspired being fulfilled and then I just throw in all of my lessons as well and bring on awesome guests like amar as well and then I've got I've got Super Executor coming out on the 5th of September. And really that's a program to help people who struggle to get started or dis- or kind of get in this overwhelm, kind of get in this procrastination and get them to a point where they're able to take massive action and double their productivity. And kind of productivity means to me like getting as much done in the least amount of time possible. So like, how can you go from those like big, 14, 16 hour days and pull them into six and, and get more done. Like that's really the intention. And then I've thrown in a load of like anxiety and stress reducing things as well. Cause that's also a part of being productive. So that's a cool thing that we're throwing out. I've got badass business begins, which is really like my starter off. So if you're new to the coaching world, you're not hundred percent sure on how to build an offer and you want to learn like some backend systems, especially with sales and marketing, that's that's a big focus. And then got the one-to-one as well, but I can't confirm if that's going to be full by the time this podcast is out. But really, if you guys are feeling called to anything that I've listened to, just reach out to Amar, reach out to me. It would be an honor to connect with you. And yeah, dude, what, what else do you need from me? <laughs> no, man, you put it all in there and we will put it on in the show notes there. So Luke, thank you so much, brother. Once again, love you, my G, you are family for life, as you know, my little brother. And the one thing I'm going to add quickly before, before we, we end this is that the relationship that Luke and I have is I feel like a relationship, any mentor or big brother, small brother can have, because I, Luke, Luke actually wants and encourages that tough love kick in the ass. And that's something that I've been giving Luke, I feel. And 
I feel like sometimes Luke and I are not on the same page. A lot of times we are on the same page, <laughs> but, the, but the deal is, is that we support each other and I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, brother. So I just want to let, let everybody know that, you know, you level up and, and Luke reached out to me and said, Hey, Amar, I, I need A, B, C, D. And I'm like, all right, if you want A, B, C, D, then I'm going to give you that kick in the ass. So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, with that being said, that's that. Thank you all so much for showing up and listening. Make sure you share this with your family, friends, and tribe. And if you think this is valuable information, tag me at Leaders Life Podcast. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you all have an amazing rest of your day. 